0: joining us. And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. Okay, Ricky, you have to get right to the bottom of it. I need to understand, what is this special skill of yours, shifting human behavior? I've read so much about you, and I want you to share your story, so maybe we should go back to the beginning, but I don't know. Like, I feel like this is something that is, it, 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 I'll tell you this. What's really bizarre is there's certain behavioral things that I've been trying to change. And not like, I, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, like, and I'm still breastfeeding, so I'm not like getting wild or anything, you know? It's um, <laughs> pretty but wild. There's certain behavioral issues that I have found oh, maybe I would like to change that, or maybe I could improve that now that I'm a mom and be a better example. Certain things. So when you came along and we got this mutual introduction, I was like, shifting human behavior? She's an expert in this? Like, this is exactly what I need and what the audience and emotional support is right now. So, Ricky, like, how does one become an expert of human behavior?
1: Listen, it's just a fancy word I put in front of a sentence, okay? We all can. <laughs> we all can be experts if we wanted to be an expert. Um, But... Really, and what I mean when I say shifting human behavior is, at first and foremost, I think that just to acknowledge that we we are all human and we all have behaviors—sure, good behaviors, love that, harmful behaviors—and these behaviors are not just random. And the thing about shifting someone's human behavior, I mean, the truth is, is like I've had to do a lot of shifting in my life. So Mm. when you have the experience, you become an expert through experience, not through books, not through podcasts, not through, let me teach you this thing. It's like, yo. Completely agree with
0: that, with what you're saying. Because honestly, I I feel that's how I feel like on a quick side note about like mental health. Like I can have a doctor tell me a million facts and all sorts of things that I should know about, you know, my my mental illness. And I'm saying this in quotes because it is, but I don't know why I said in quotes, forget that. But anyways, (laughs) I understand why like, oh, things work A, B and C. But if you don't have that experience, I want to hear someone's experience of living with
1: bipolar disorder. That's when you feel connected and you feel heard. It's true. I'll tell you just a side note. First of all, I think it's interesting that you did use quotations. I wonder like like, what is behind that. Because that was so interesting. I'm not really mentally ill.
0: I'm just in quotes mentally (laughs) ill.
1: (laughs) Or just like maybe there's a part of you that is like, yeah, this is a thing that I have, but like is... Is that it? Like, that's not, that's not, not the defining. whole story. Just, it's not defining. Like, okay, sure. like it's easy to be like you are this, you are that. So I feel like you're just taking a label and like delabelizing it. Yeah, totally. In a way. Totally. Um, yeah, just, that was a side note. Other side note, like three more side notes. Um, I'm all about a side note, so
0: don't worry about it. <laughs> okay,
1: great. We'll, we'll be here all day. I, um I'm taking this program right now and I, this, this girl is teaching it, whatever, like a coaching program And, you know, it's hard for me to understand what she's saying because it's all just knowledge. There's no Mm. relatability. There's no like, here's my story and how I moved through this. Here's what I did. And like, honestly, you don't want to be necessarily on the same level as the person you're learning from because you always want to be a couple steps ahead, but you need something to like to reference to like, oh, by the way, that happened to me. And like, this is how I led myself through this. And here's the science behind this. Like, Mm. here's this, here's that. Um, Luckily, I've had a lot of experience in a lot of, you know, crazy things. So I have people are always like, what's your certification? I'm like, literally life. Like, what is your certification? What's yours? Like, life. like, me, mine is what's life. Yours? what is yours? Yeah, right. It's so interesting. Um, and I can like start sort of from the beginning. I, yeah. you know, if sure. Okay, great. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. <laughs> well,
0: we're gonna do this one together.
1: <laughs> I need to breathe more. I'm not even breathing as we're doing it. Shifting my own behavior. So um, I'm not going to go into everything because we will literally yep. be all here all day. But when I was a little girl, I was 13 years old. My mom died mm. and she died of cancer. And, I'm so you know, sorry. you go through something. It's okay. You go through something as a kid and you're not even really aware of the thing that you're going through just from the level of your subconscious and your brain. It's like can't wrap its sure. head around the thing that's happening. So it just happens. And then this thing happens. And then there are so many different results that become because of this thing. And for me, losing my mom was, I always say, the beginning. However, I think the beginning was really when she got sick when I was eight. And mm. so at a very young age, life was very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I really clung to, like, life was really great or life was really bad. And how I measured that was, like, by my mom being in remission or not being in remission. Mm. So when she was in remission and she was getting her hair back, like, life was good. Life was but then life was she, normal again. Yeah. Life was, life was normal from what I right. had known. And I was like, Oh, great. Mom's okay. And so if, I think from a, lo- a young age, and I think a lot of people forget that we form so much in our childhood yes. and I didn't, I didn't know this. Like I was just like, mom's sick. Mom's not sick. Mom's dead. Like these are the, these are the events. And my, my, my inner subconscious was just like, life is good or bad. That's it. Mm. Life is good or bad. And i really learned that from a young age or i didn't learn it i just i that's that was my experience and so i think a lot of people are always like we learned this thing and like no it's not that you learned it you literally had that experience so it's just what you know right and you have to unlearn so i went through a lot of my life just like searching like will can i feel okay like how do i survive this life like it wasn't that i woke up every day and i missed my mom i just woke up every day and i was i always thought to myself like what this is something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and it was just this emptiness and i had a lot of eating issues and i had all these different things I, i'm very adhd so school was really challenging for me no one ever taught me about like dopamine no one ever taught me about all these things that would have really helped me understand why i always felt so empty you wouldn't have known that though like mm-hmm. i was very out there and charismatic and all the things i wasn't like miserable but i was empty you were happy go lucky kid sense. right you yeah I was from the I outside was. and from the outside. And I really was internally, but I had a lot of restraints. Like they, I was, I put on ADHD medicine when I was seven years old. Mm. Like that's, I'm literally a that's case very study. very young. That I, by the way, that is the longest someone's been on it since they've been prescribing it. So I'm like, if anyone wants to like interview me for case studies, I'm that girl. You're like, it's I'm So basically was like, <laughs> I'm like literally here and I'll tell you how much it's affected my life. Someone was like, here, you too much. Here's a pill. And then it's just like, you think you're too much and then your mom and, and all these things, right? And so I um, went through life. I went through the first like 10 years of my life just hating myself. Mm-hmm. I think we naturally don't like ourselves through those years. No, totally, um, but I
0: think that, that some people, I, I find people either hate themselves, right? Or what we think hating ourselves is at a very young age or like after like pre it's pre-puberty or post-puberty honestly is what i would say it's like what you really see true
1: when i read my journals when i was eight years old like i was like i'm fat i'm stupid like these were things that i had already thought about myself so this was not just a puberty thing and you and you grained in your head yeah grained i grained in my body that was the problem is that like it lived within my body that i felt these things about myself my mom always was like you're perfect you're great you're this and so when you remove the thing, the person that tells you that you're great, you got to do it for yourself and you're young and you're just like trying to survive your life. Right. And, and I grew up with money and I grew up in a great family and I'm pretty lucky. So as far as dad, mom go, like I truly lucked out and, um, I had really bad eating disorder and all this different stuff. And so when I was 22 years old and I was terrible in school and I, I took me six years to graduate college. I just graduated. And, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like everyone was going off and doing these things and I just was like what? I don't now understand. What? I'd like yeah. get a job? Like I would be a horrible employee. Yeah. And <laughs> but I was you'd like, be funny. <laughs> it's true. I'd be a great employee that would get fired and it would be funny and like <laughs> oh god. And my dad was like what are you going to do? And I was like I'm going to become a health coach. And he's like what? <laughs> I was like I it was literally 2012. Okay, an online health coach. This was one million years ago, before everyone became a health coach or a life coach. And so I enrolled in this program from Institute to Integrative Nutrition. Okay, which was like just up and coming. And my thought was like, I'm going to become a life coach or a health coach so I can lose weight, and then I can have a certification, and then I'm going to move to Denver. Okay, this what like psychotic, just psychotic thinking. And my dad was really generous and like (laughs) allowed me. To, to do, do this, these things. yeah, I think he just like wanted me to be happy. Yeah. And we could. So that was fine. That was great. And I recognized that. So I enrolled in this program and two weeks after enrolling in this program, my best friend at the time who was 150 pounds overweight came to me, literally showed up at my door. I was living at my parents and she was like, I need you to help me lose 150 pounds. I was like, what? I was like, yo, I don't, I, I literally hate my body. Like what? How would I ever help you? She's like, you're a really good leader. I want you to help me. I'm like, oh. okay. So I was like, I had built this like very simple system for myself, track my food, walk my steps, drink my water. And I started to feel better about myself. This was like a few, at this point I had think was like a few weeks enrolled in my program. right? And so I was like, listen, you gotta follow this system. And we're gonna make the whole journey public because I knew that I would quit and I knew she would quit mm. because we were both at that point like right. quitters. And we were really great together. We were also really toxic together. So I needed both of us to have accountability. I now, love that. I think that's so important to color. have
0: accountability. I, I, I'm a firm it, believer in that. It's everything. Yep.
1: Like this podcast, like you, you know, there's a level of accountability that you show up and, you know, if no one knew about it, you wouldn't have to show up. But it's so weird. I level. never thought
0: of it that it's, way. Absolutely, though. It's true because whenever I'm like, I don't feel like recording because I feel like, you know am I getting numbers that I want or am I getting the results or the feedback? And then it's like, well, you know what? Like there is one person that then will reach out and it'll be the most touching, heartwarming thing. And you're like, oh wait, I got to do this even if it's just for them.
1: Right. Like that is, this This is a show. You don't just not show up. Yeah. Like I you show that. up for the show. I love that. And that, that is, and, and if you didn't have to, you wouldn't, but like you don't have to, but, but you, you do but something. I you do, you know, I have a pod you want to and even if you don't want to that's okay yeah you still do yeah and like it is what it is yeah um so you showed up yeah I showed up I was just like you know for the first time in my life I was no one had ever referred to me as like someone that could help someone Mm -hmm. even though I knew that I always could it was just like this I was like all right I'm gonna throw myself into her and like get over myself
0: it's almost the validation that you Um, needed and that you were missing from your mom right of of hearing the you're perfect you're great and here was someone who was showing up at your
1: door and was like i i need your help you can do this literally i look at it like she showed up my door and she gave me an option like either i could open it and walk through it or i could be like this i'm not ready and i felt like the universe sent this to me and i was just like i hear you okay i got it and it changed my entire life so this is what happened we created a blog called break the weight and for 290 days, we journey, we blogged the entire experience. She would write, I would write. It was like, her name was Lulu, Lulu's daily blog and then Coach's Corner, Ricky's. And we did this journey together, but we blogged separately. Yeah. So what you could see was two people going through this journey as friends and also as like a client coach. We were very raw. We were very cool. authentic. Like we didn't get along some of the times. Like... You know, she would gain weight. I would, you know, fuck up my own stuff. Like, and she had lost her dad. I had lost my mom. So we had this similarity and we had this crazy following. People would follow this journey and she lost a hundred pounds in 290 days. Wow. And what I realized, I know crazy. And I felt like I had lost 290 pounds of emotional weight. And what I realized was that this was not a journey of physical weight. This was a journey of emotional weight and break the weight ended up becoming my company for 10 years. So what I did was I helped 1000s of people break the mental, emotional, physical weight in their life. This is where it gets juicy. It sounds really great. But let's break it down. Because it's not always so like, you know, be keen. It sounds great. Like, oh, she did this thing and this thing. And like, let's be serious. There were like 1 million things between there that weren't so great. So I loved that. I loved I like journeys. Um I really am a public person. I'm I don't do well with like this is what it is now and this is what it has to become. Right. So everything I've done in my life starts organically. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, totally. And so I was going through the motions and I was a personal trainer, and then I was this and I was that and this and I turned it into an online program, which was very new at the time. And I started to hate it. I really was just like I don't like life coaching. Mm. I don't want to do this, but I become my brand. I it was like Ricky Freeman break the weight. And I did so well. And I was getting high all day. Wow. So yeah, smoking marijuana all day. No one knew. So I lived this double life. There I was like this health coach, this whatever persona, building a brand building a business getting high all day. Hmm. Obviously, there were times where I didn't get high because there were times where I didn't need to get high because I was on a different high just right. a life or a relationship or whatever. Right, right. And, um, and, and you know, and so there were variations of Break the Weight. There was a million different things. Break the Weight was a coaching program, then it was a walking group. It was a million different things. You know when you have something and you're just like, what is this thing? It's not well, yeah. What it is and anymore, I think that, what it started
0: as. No, exactly. And I think that that's what uh, I find that with, with my own podcast or what you would say is like a brand, right? There's been certain like things where it's like, you're Definitely trying to brand. figure out, I feel like everyone has that, whatever their, like, goal is, or their you find one thing that you stick to, and then there's a million other things that come in, and you're like, that's a great idea, I'm going to do that. That's a great idea, I'm going to do that. And you fail and fail and fail and fail and fail until you finally figure out, like, what is the secret ingredient to make it work? And I'm still failing, you know? Mm-hmm. Transparency, still it's failing. It's
1: interesting. So I think the word fail is interesting, because I, so, like, I also think that sometimes if you're out of alignment mm. with the thing that you're doing, if it's not in alignment anymore, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that like that variation it's you, you've outgrown it. And the problem is totally. that people, they search and they search and they search and they search and they're never going to find it because they're not even looking in the right direction. Mm. They're going, they're looking for to take something that they already started and turn it into the next variation of what it is. But what if it's not like, what if it is just what, it's not? what it was and that's it. Yeah. What if it's not? What if we walk away from it? What if you don't try to find the answers? What if you let the answers unfold? Mm. This is very hard and for people to do. This is very hard for me to do. And I spent seven years trying to figure out what break the weight was. And I realized that I had so much weight to break. And, like, I hated being called a coach. I hated life coaching. I hated everything. Like, and I didn't realize, like, I would go speak on stages and I was I would walk off and I'd be like, I need to get high. It was wow. like, I was searching and searching and searching and searching and searching for an answer yeah. for a high, right. which really plays into the ADHD and the dopamine and whatever. It's a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, no, what I was going to quickly say, like, yeah, just out of curiosity, because I sure. don't live with ADHD, so I don't know what that, feels mm-hmm. like I, I can only see it through through friends and family that, that experience that when you would get high, would it just numb you out like to the world where you would, or did you finally feel like settled and kind of happy? Because I feel like weed is so different for so many different people and depending on what the brain chemistry is and going on upstairs, you
1: know? I felt calm but that made sense because i was in simulants so it made sense that i would feel calm but i didn't know any of this right i didn't know any of this i just was like i like to get high because i don't feel low when i'm high right that was it i'm more creative when i'm high i'm more this when i'm high you know all the bullshit stories people tell themselves they're high functioning high they're not they're just high and just all these different stories yep i didn't know i didn't know i and, and quite frankly it wasn't something that I, that anyone knew about me. Hmm. No one knew except the the my friend Lulu, who I did break the weight with. We would get high all day together. Wow, we and were did, in bad places. did she so,
0: fluctuate then back with her weight because of it?
1: Yep, yep, yep. She actually, yeah, and she actually ended up gaining all of it back um, right after we stopped working together and then she lost it again. But yeah, it's like you just, people, you know, you gotta be real, humble when you have transformation because you got to know that that shit is not going to stick unless you make it stick and uh a lot of people just they they forget what they did to get here and so they don't ever get to the next place right right and that's it or the next thing to get where they want to go next you can't use what you did before and it's like but it's a mind fuck yeah and then
0: you know and it's honestly what it um, is is it's training your brain you know what i mean training the brain and the body to like function as one Because we don't function as one. We don't. That's
1: the secret to everything. (laughs) It's true. And most most people are functioning off dopamine. Mm -hmm. They're just functioning off pleasure. Like, can I this is boring? What's the next thing? I'm low, let's get high. I'm not hungry. But like my mind's telling me to eat, I'm gonna eat like you're just chasing pleasure. And so I ADHD people chase pleasure all freaking day because our brains are designed for more, more, more. Right. We can't, it's hard to sit in the, in the mundane. Right. 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 Um, but, but I didn't know that again, this is like, I didn't know any of this. I just knew that I felt empty Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't get it. Is this normal? Yeah. I was so destructive. So long story short, and there were plenty of, you know, things that happened. And then in 2020, I, um, I walked away from Break the Weight. I was Mm -hmm. done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I hate it. This will never be anything because I don't have a vision for it. Mm -hmm. I didn't. My only vision for it was that I wanted Weight Watchers to buy the name Break the Weight. (laughs) Like literally, that's it. Right. And I didn't have a vision for it. I wasn't. I wasn't like passionate about weight. I wasn't passionate about like life coaching. I just felt like I became this thing. Right. And I was like, well, who am I? Like, what? What is? What's happening? Right now, what? Yeah. So I got real lost. I was in a relationship with someone that was wonderful wonderful. and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And at this point I've been speaking to, but the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So I started to do marketing for different companies because I happen to be really creative and I love being creative and I love marketing and I love all that stuff. And so I became like the creative director for some different companies, which was fine. I never felt more lost in my whole life. Mm. Like I can't even like this was, For the first time in my life, I was, I had nothing to cling to Hmm. because I didn't have break the weight anymore. It wasn't like I was trying to figure out break the weight was like, I could just distract myself with that. I also wasn't smoking at the time because I was with my boyfriend and we were like falling in love and like living together. And so I was just like- And then
0: you had the pandemic on top of it where someone with ADHD can't sit still and can't like just live in the mundane like you just said. And we are living in the mundane over and over and over. Never knowing when is the out.
1: Well, I will say I had an incredible pandemic. I know that really sounds like interesting. I fell in love during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, I never felt less lonely in my whole life. I believe oh. my mom literally was like, "Here,
0: oh. you are not doing
1: this alone." Oh my! We gosh, got together that's two so days wonderful. before. Wonderful. <laughs> we got together two days before the world closed. Like, if that's not the universe, like, I don't know what is. Wow. Crazy. So did my brother. My older brother's married. My other brother met his girl, um, five days after the world shut down. And i wow. truly really believe in my heart,
0: that it was truly believe
1: it was my mom being like, you cannot go through this alone. Like you will not come out of this. Like you got to have somebody.
0: Oh, boy. so as far as like
1: loneliness, <laughs> I always say like I had a great pandemic. Yeah, I really did. I really, I really believe I looked out. I felt grateful every day to have someone that I was in love with. Like that was rare. Right. Right. And, right. um, even when I look back now, I can still feel that like that warm feeling of just knowing like, that was a really beautiful time in my right, life, even right. though I felt really lost. I could right. hold like duality of between. Goals. Sure, sure. So 2020 was a year of falling in love, a year of feeling really confused and just being like, what's going on in my life? But I was making money and I was, was in a relationship and I wasn't smoking as much. Well, I wasn't smoking at all because I was living with my, my boyfriend But at the now time. I, I have a I quick smoked. question
0: with the, with the not smoking. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Sure. Addiction runs very deep in my family, and I know, like, love or no love, like, can't stop. You know, can't stop, won't stop. You know, um, how do you feel? Like, do you feel that you don't have an addictive personality? Is that kind of why you were able to stop? Because, or do you find the addiction with the weed went towards the lover?
1: It was just dopamine.
0: You were just following the high somewhere else. I had another hit yeah. of dopamine.
1: Yeah that's it. And I didn't I was distracted. It wasn't lonely. And my story at the time was that I got high because I was lonely. Mm. So then I wasn't lonely. So I was like, this makes sense. The story is true. How many stories do we tell ourselves? Like, when I have this I'll stop, I only do this because I don't have this. And so that story Becomes the story you chase. And so when the story feels true, the story felt true. I wasn't smoking anymore. I didn't crave it. I was falling in love. The story, I was right. I was like, oh my God, I was right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't right. So six months after the pandemic, I started to get very anxious. Mm -hmm. I knew he was not the one. Wow. And yeah, and it ate every part of my inner being alive it ate me alive and i loved him so much and we had a great relationship so there i was i think i was 32 now i was anxious all the time working for these marketing companies so freaking lost so confused making good money in a relationship with someone that i loved deeply but knew 100 percent was not my person right right and all i could think about was wait if I don't have any of this, I have to go back to my old life. I fucking hated my old life. Wait, I got to go back? Like, I just got to stay where I'm at. Yeah. I got to start over, but it wasn't even starting over. I was like, I can't go. I just, I physically was like, I can't go back. Right. And this is what people do. They think it's the option they have now or the option they had before, but they don't realize there's a third option. Yeah. I couldn't see anything. I only knew two options, good or bad, good or bad, good or bad. So our relationship was, just like going down because i was increasingly getting worse then i was like you know you hate yourself love will only do so much for you i um we were together we were living together for six months because of the pandemic okay so just keep track of the timeline 2020 and then it was 2021 and i moved into my own apartment which was always the plan It had nothing to do with our relationship we were just like we don't need to live together yet yeah we were kind of forced to live together so i got my own apartment and that was the beginning of the end for me mm. because once I had freedom, I was smoking all day. Wow, I would go to my apartment, I would sit in my apartment, I would smoke from 7 a.m. until 4 p.m. Wow, all, day. <sighs> all nobody knew, like nobody knew. I was so empty, I was so anxious, I was so scared, I was so like, How did I get here? Yeah, I'm right. in a relationship, right? I'm making money. I'm okay and I've never felt emptier my whole life. How did how did I get here? And where do I go next? Like wh- how am I gonna get out of this? Right. And I just kept thinking, I gotta go back to my old life. I can't go back to my old life. I can't go back to my old life. Like this is these are the things that keep people at jobs and relationships is right. they can't go back, not realizing you you go forward. Right. But there was no forward for me at that point. So this is where it gets fun. This is like 2021. And it was um, July of 2021, mm-hmm. and I got to a point where it was just—it was hard for me to like live. Yeah. Like I was truly living a double life, and I was my anxiety was getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember thinking to myself, I like sat down, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I need to—I I, like and I don't pray, but I was like, you need, you mom, like, you you need to help me. I need help. Like I don't we know what watching, to do. Right. Send me something, an idea, something. Get me out of this. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. I never say shit you not, but here we are. I <laughs> go. For I'll a walk tell you why that. you're saying
0: that because I say that all the time.
1: Like so that's do you? Yes, I do. Wait, I do. That's so that's you're channeling me. Yep. that is too funny. I love-
0: I privately say that all the time. You can ask my husband. That's hilarious. Ob- obnoxious. Yes,
1: that is so funny. I, um, so I go to Chicago with my, my, my boyfriend at the time. This is July 1st and I'm on a walk and I wasn't, I wasn't smoking like when we went to Chicago. Are you from Chicago, um, by the um, way? So this was the f- No, I'm from Detroit. Okay. Okay. I'm from Michigan. The Midwest accent. Um, but that's we why I was like, friend. I know this Midwest. My
0: mom's from Chicago and my dad's from you Detroit. Think? So I know both of them. Yeah. And oh the I, God, not, I is totally that. my
1: uncle from Chicago. So,
0: so that's how I know. That all is. It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, So I'm on a walk by myself and I wasn't smoking. This was the first time I think in months I wasn't high and I was removed from my environment. Mm -hmm. And I was stressed about my relationship. Keep in mind that we had a great relationship. Right. So that's the problem is like it wasn't bad. Right. And it makes it worse almost. Totally. So I was on a walk. Right. Cause you're just like, but I love you and you're great and you love me and I'm great. But like, we both know that we're not this is not it. meant to like, be. Right. What do we do? It's not meant to be. If it was meant to be, I wouldn't think about it. People always say, How do you know? How do I know if they're not the one? I'm like, The fact that you have to ask.
0: Yeah. Is just, that's the
1: You need no other answers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, um, I was on a walk and I had the craziest feeling. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Hmm. I, I don't know why. It was the weirdest feeling in the world. And every part of my body was like, yeah, you are. I go on Instagram. I'm scrolling in my feed. One of my friends posts this thing. It's like, hey, my best friend just opened up a podcast studio in Michigan. He's looking for clients. I call him that minute. I'm like, hey, we have a mutual friend. We knew each other. I was like, I want to be your first client. Hired him on the spot. Did not have an idea had no name nothing he was like what's the name of your podcast I was like I don't know I'm gonna figure it out but let's meet this week let's do a a recording yeah I can't explain the feeling I just it was just you just just knew in your heart and yeah it it was the first time in my life that something felt right since I had started break the weight and I was like I know this feeling I know it was like when Lulu was like can you help me lose 150 pounds I was like yes yes it just it was a feeling Right. right and I hadn't felt it for years and I was just like I yeah I'm in um, so I get back and July like 10th, I go into the studio, I record an episode and he's like, what's the name of the podcast? I was like, steps forward with Ricky. I was like, it's a walking podcast, how people take steps forward in their life and their day. And he's like, I love it. And I was like, honestly, cause I'm in the worst place of my life and I really need to take steps forward. And I decided that the podcast was just for me. I was well, like, this it's is just your accountability. Me. I need a place so I can. It was my accountability. It was like, I need a place where I can be honest. So yeah. this was, without realizing it, I was setting myself up to be accountable to the world to change my life without even like yeah. realizing it. A month into the podcast, I never, I'm telling you, like I put the mic on and I just spoke and I never felt more free. The the, the headphones would go on and the world around me would dissolve. And that was never a feeling I'd ever had in my life.
0: I, I'm telling you, that I'm is sure such a relate. strong feeling that I have too, where- You know, if I'm having a really bad day or something and I feel like I need to get something off my chest or I feel like maybe I've learned something, you know, there have been... met. I I have probably hours upon hours of audio, I guess it's not footage, of audio recordings um, that I have had where if I leave an event or something or I leave a friend or if something, you know, really upsetting happened to me, I'll just sit here by myself usually with the baby on the boob um, and I will just press record because I know that I'm not going to ever really air anything because you hear a baby like talking in the background or like making weird noises. And I'm like, I think that would be very distracting for people. But for me, it's a way to get stuff off my chest and to have it for maybe the future. If I'm in a pickle or something and I'm just like, what should I do? Didn't I do that? And I always put like on the recording, I always save it as to like what maybe the little tidbit of information is. Like a quick example is like, I saw Tyler Henry, the medium in person. And I wanted to talk about oh, the experience cool. and the feeling that I had when I left there. And I was like, I don't think this is significant enough for me to be a podcast episode, Um, but maybe in the future I'll do like little tidbits here and there and, and release little audio clips Um, Because it's just of how I felt, you know, and and why I felt so moved at that time. Because we forget about those things. We forget about, you know, why, because you can write stuff down. But hearing the emotions from a voice, I think, is something that's truly so important for us to just go back and listen to and know that this is the place that we were in. 100%.
1: 100%. First of all, you should absolutely share the, that episode. I don't okay. know why that would never, like, it that sounds, inc- I would listen to that. That sounds incredible. Oh, cool. Like, okay. I, always, I think I always say will. That if, <laughs> I, it, I, always, I always say, like, if I think it's interesting, I'm going to think that my listeners would probably find it interesting too, because they're yeah, like, it's like true. you're attracted to certain things. Also, do you, when you're recording, you can hear yourself talk, right? Yes. Like, when you're, okay, so there's something behind that. Oh. It's not the same. So, there's something behind that, which I didn't really realize. And I don't know if this is like science. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, there, there, so correct. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. But there's a big difference between if you sat down in a chair and you recorded yourself, but you couldn't hear yourself. 100%. Right? Yep. There's something about you hearing your thoughts that allows you to move through them. It's not the same. Ricky,
0: I love I'm, this.
1: <laughs> it's true, though, right? You're yeah. hearing your thoughts. You're subconscious, you're speaking. You're not just writing something down. You're literally hearing your thoughts. You're processing something because you're saying it out loud.
0: I truly think but that it's you're not right. The same. It's, it is not the same because it let is. me tell you, I have notepads here, like right here, right? And I'm like, I have shit yep. written everywhere. I never look at it. Mm-hmm. Like I'll look at it if it's yep. like in front of me, you know? Um, But hearing the, I'm telling you, it's the emotion behind it. that's really what it is.
1: It's the hearing it because there's nothing else going on. The only person you can hear is yourself. Right. And so many people, and there's something about the microphone where it's like enhances the experience. Sure. Like you sort of feel more powerful. Yeah. And that allows you to be more brave. And you feel it like in charge.
0: Like you feel like in charge of your life. Like you're kind of like a boss, you know, you're like, this is like, I've created this, I've done this, like I'm in charge.
1: Right. And I can say these things and I'm not as scared of them. People right. are really scared of the things that they feel. But when you put a microphone on and you put the headphones on and the world around you gets quiet and you're able to hear how powerful the thing is that you're saying, it just is different. It's a game changer. It's just different. Yeah. It's a game changer. And a lot of people don't realize that it's because they can hear themselves. Yep. That's why you love it. That's why it's powerful. Not because you're speaking in a mic. It's because you're listening to what you're, you're saying. Yep. Um, And that was what I realized was like wow. there's something about me – finally hearing myself. Yeah. That was so powerful for me. Yeah. and transformational. And then about a month into my podcast, I felt like I couldn't keep doing my podcast if I wasn't honest about my life. Mm. And it was a very raw podcast. So I was just like I made this podcast to be open and honest and I'm not even being truthful. No one knows that my boyfriend and I are definitely not meant to be. No one knows that I fucking hate my marketing job. No one knows I'm getting high all day. Yeah. And I was like, I have to choose, like I've choose the truth or like I stop the podcast and I knew the podcast would eventually become like a part of me. And so I chose the truth. Basically what was happening is I was getting worse, but I was also getting better because I was becoming more confident through the podcast, but yeah. I was, my life was getting progressively worse. Mm. And by the time it was like, I started the podcast August 1st and I started having like some listeners, whatever, but I didn't fucking care. I thought I was Joe Rogan. Yeah. I thought that I was Joe Rogan. I was like, I love this so much. I don't care who listens to it. Yeah. And that love and that passion was just, I was just so excited to feel something again, to right. feel something other than pain. Right. And I never smoked before I did an episode. Like I had, it was like the first thing I had respect for. Mm. And I just was like, I love this so much. You're not gonna screw this up. I also was paying like $3,000 a month get produced when I had five listeners. So right. I had a stake in the game. This is so crazy. So I started the podcast August 1st, September 24th. I walked away from my 10-year weed addiction and I told the whole world on my podcast. Wow. And you had um, the accountability. The episode's called, yep, it was called, the fourth episode i ever recorded was called Walking Away From Weed. This is where I sh- sort of shared about my addiction. And then the 12th episode was called Finally Walking Away From Weed. Mm-hmm. Walked away from weed. Two weeks later, my boyfriend broke up with me. Mm. And two weeks after that, I got fired from my marketing job. And I remember looking up at the universe and being like, "Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for because doing when it you for take me." That first step. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for doing it for me. You knew I didn't have the strength. You knew that I just needed to take the first step. The first step for me was not smoking, mm-hmm. and then they, the universe did the rest. That was it, wow. and I felt free for the first time in my life. I was like have you ever
0: spoken about on your podcast um and forgive me because i i have not listened to all of your podcast episodes and i'm i I don't listen to my own at sometimes because i'm so overwhelmed do you talk about grief on your show and and i do the process of it because that's something that um a lot of people have reached out to me um in regards to whenever i ask you know what what can we talk about what would you like to hear and grief is something that's so important and i think that i never dealt with grief at a young age mine came kind of later on in life i never i never lost a parent um at such a young age like age like that and then had to keep on going what is something that you would share with my audience um, and we will all have them obviously go to yours too, but what is something that you would share with emotional support with the listeners on grieving, on maybe a short thing that you did that helped you obviously not get over it because you can't get over the death of a parent like that. It's not it's not something that it's like, here's the magical trick and it happens, but maybe as something that helped you Get through the day, you know, step by step, or maybe get through the hour,
1: whatever it may be. So, this is all going to connect. So, walking away from weed changed my whole life mm-hmm. because I could finally heal. So, if you're listening to this right now and you are eating your feelings, or you're smoking them away, or you're drinking them away, or you're distracting yourself, I'll tell you right now step number one. to stop using something to escape yourself i wish i could tell you that this is the five things you're going to feel but i'm going to tell you right now that if you are feeling like you're unable to move forward in your life i'm going to go ahead and guess there's probably something that you're using that keeps you from moving forward grief cannot be processed emotions cannot be processed as long as you're escaping yourself so I wish I could tell you that it's really this and this and this. I didn't grieve until I was 33 years old. Wow. Because I was always high or I was always eating or I was always escaping or I was always doing something. So my first piece of advice is can you feel your feelings? Yeah. Yeah. And how much does that scare you? Yeah. And can you move through the fear? So the first piece of advice is walk away from the thing that stops you from feeling. I love that. I love that. You can't do anything else. I could tell you to work out. I could tell you to go to therapy. Sure. I could tell you to do all this bullshit. But if you're doing something destructive all day, none of it means shit.
0: No, and I think that it's so important to sit in your feelings. And that's why I will say it's interesting to me that you had such a positive pandemic in the sense where, like, you fell in love and all this stuff. Because for me, it was very tough, but for different reasons and, and – what I noticed is my friends who never dealt with grief, who never dealt with their possible mental health, mental illness, with being alone, who never had to just sit in their own thoughts.
1: That was Why do you the think addiction went up to like 90 percent.
0: It was literally it was no accident. The worst thing that happened to them, where for me, with the pandemic, like, yeah, it was awful, like, don't get me wrong and like some crazy shit happened in there, but I already knew what it was like to sit in my thoughts. I already knew what it Mm. was like to ruminate and live with a mental illness and already have certain tools that I could work through. Um, And I think a lot of people were shook to the core because they had no idea how to process, or they had no tools, or they had no help, or they couldn't even identify that it was an issue.
1: That's That's the problem. So it's so true. And so the reason I walked away from weed was because I knew my life would never change mm. if I didn't. Because I knew I had so much trauma that I was yeah. unable to have access to. Yeah. I guarantee a lot of your listeners are using something to sure.
0: escape. I, I mean, and, and, and it, it doesn't have to be drugs. And I think I want to clarify that because be it doesn't have to be drugs. It could just be an addiction to love. It could be an addiction to food. It could be an addiction to working out to constantly being in a gym to not think about the rest of the world. Like could be an addiction to anger. You know, there's, there's all sorts of different types of things that we can be addicted to.
1: Yes. And I very much don't like identify as an addict. So I hate the word addiction because Mm. I am. So basically like I'm going to wrap the story up because I think it will all come full circle for someone that's listening. So I did like some hardcore therapy i threw myself into therapy um i did some like brain spotting therapy etc but basically i walked away from weed september 24th my my relationship ended two weeks later and i remember just being like crying every day for a month and here's the difference between someone who changes their life and someone who doesn't i very much embraced this process i was like bring it on i love it like i felt alive i was like i'm alive like i am not high totally. i am alone i am alive!" Like let I, everyone always was like you know I was like 33 years old living with my brother in my relation, relationship and I got fired from this job and I you know walked away from my weed addiction you would have thought I was falling apart I never felt more free in my whole life mm-hmm. because now I could live now I could build a life I wanted now I wasn't so ashamed I didn't have a secret right. if you're listening to this right now and you have a secret your life will never change because you're always going to be carrying something that's real heavy yeah and the the surrendering and me just walking away from everything in my life that kept me standing still, like I freed myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, what else can I do? Right? And So I hit the road for three months. And I was like, I'm going to go live my life Mm because my goal for myself was like, when you get three months under your belt, you go on the road, go experience your life. Like you deserve it. And I was like, this was, this was not like a running away thing. This was, this felt like a running towards. Right. And um, I went in the road for three months, podcasted all over, and I uh posted a video on tiktok I like had 200 followers I was like 100 days without weed posted a video on tiktok tiktok and it went viral wow and I woke up the next day and this was again the day before I asked the universe to help me figure out a way to never go back to Michigan okay so this was just like crazy I'm living my best life the uh long story short the post went viral and I was like wait a minute what's going on this is a millions of people are like, I'm an addict, I need you to help me, I'm addicted, I'm addicted to weed, can you help me, I'm addicted to and weed. And we were I like, talk about uh, this. Can you help me? I know I asked I was for like, this, what? but
0: this is like
1: insane. I didn't even ask for it, I was just share. I was bored in Sedona and I was like, I'm gonna share that I'm 100 days without weed, like yes. whatever. And then it just crazy went viral. And um, I took it as another sign from the universe and I kept posting videos, grew my following to like 100K Two weeks, like three weeks later, someone asked me if I helped people walk away from weed. I said yes and did not. And I built a program called Walking Away from Weed. And I um, moved to LA. I became like a top 100 podcast. And my program has helped thousands of people walk away from weed addiction and transform their life. It's the opposite of AA, it's the opposite of NA. It's a total opposite program. It's nothing to do with recovery. It's a very science based, like, this is not about weed kind of type of experience. Sure. And um, the whole whole full circle of all of this is that when you make a decision and you walk away from something that takes up a lot of space in your life, the universe opens up a door. It's so true. And whether you're brave enough to walk through it, that's your own thing. But to think that your life is going to change when you're still doing the thing all day is just really naive and really, and you have to be an embodiment of the thing that you desire. So I became a match for it. And Mm -hmm. I changed my entire life in a year because I walked away from something that kept me from living and so that is step one there is no other step no it's all and, about the first um, step totally and it is and then the second step you it's a little easier but grieving and all these things like it doesn't matter if you go to therapy if you're destructive all day it just yeah. truly does it like i don't know do oh, millions therapist.
0: no i completely agree but I think the most important thing that you can do for yourself, like for yourself, is take that first step in whatever direction it is. It's 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 the scariest thing that you'll do. It's the most like just like disruptive thing Freeing. that you could do in your life, where you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I have to do this. And when you do it, like the universe shakes shit up, and you start feeling and living life.
1: Agreed. A great question to ask yourself is. If I woke up, this was the question that I asked myself that made me just leave it all behind. I was like, if I woke up in six months from now, the same person in the same life, in the same body, living the same exact life I am right now, how would that make me feel? And that thought was so scary to me Mm. because there's only so long you can justify your behavior. But as you get older and you're like, oh shit, I've been doing this for 10 years, 12 years, 13 years. Oh my God, I've been doing this half my fucking life. Yeah. And that was too scary for me. And so I was like, it's scary to leave. It's way scarier to stay. Yeah. And it has to be. It's way scarier to to stay. stay. People don't realize that though, because their body, they're so disconnected to their body and their nervous system. And, you know, there's a lot of science behind it too. And so the first step is to get your body in a neutral place where you can feel something because you're so out of, you're so disconnected. How can you make a decision? You don't trust yourself. Sure. Sure. So do something to gain trust with yourself. What's next, Ricky? What is next? Uh well, I um so right now I'm walking away from my ADHD medicine. Okay. I like to call it uh, stepping away from stimulants because I just can't help myself. And um this is gonna be like a new process for me. And I'm not against medication, but, but it's just a next step for me to like fully regulate my nervous system and stuff. So that's gonna be a process. And then, you know in terms of like business in life, I'm definitely like, in this space of my podcast and my program, but I'm ready to like expand my services and um, just like, free myself of yeah. certain things. Um, I really love business, and I really love innovation. And I'm definitely like feel like, with the speaking with the podcasting with the mentoring, I'm going to add some just more services to my business. And The reason I even say that is because this is another step forward Mm -hmm. for anybody, right? To be able to just allow themselves to take that step, scared, to do without evidence, and to keep writing the story. Like I, I've had a lot of success with my program, walking away from weed, and I can help anyone walk away from weed. But if I just stay in that, then what happens? What happens? Right? Like my story evolves. Right. Right. Not much happens. Right. Give yourself permission to evolve as the story evolves. And I think that's a really important.
0: Ricky, my biggest question for you is, what is your emotional support?
1: Uh, dancing. Oh, I love that. I, uh,
0: that's for me too. you a dancer?
1: Yes. Great. That's awesome. It's the best. I, I go out dancing four nights a week by myself.
0: <laughs> Fun. Like, are you talking about like a dance we,
1: club? Do you take dance go class? You know, I go to dance clubs, I go to hip hop, like when the DJs play, I go to hip hop bars. (laughs) I don't always drink. I just go like, I'm out till like 3am dancing for six hours by myself. And I'm literally have the time of my whole life. Oh
0: my God. And that is your, that is one of my favorite answers of all time. I'm obsessed with that.
1: I love that. (laughs) If you ever want to go dancing, I'm down. I also go to Equinox like three times a week and I'll go in their studio and dance for like an hour and a half.
0: Oh, my gosh. Why don't I you record it. this? This is so fun. I hope you do. I do. Okay, I record this.
1: You got to watch my videos. Okay. I record it all.
0: Oh, my. It's. I'm doing a deep dive feel on Ricky free. when I get off this. This is amazing.
1: <laughs> and you know the irony? Here's the best part about whole, this whole dancing thing. First of all, I always felt like I was a really good dancer, but I was never a a dance team. I was told that I wasn't able to follow directions, like all the things. And then when I came to LA when I moved out here, I didn't know that many people. So I started going out by myself and I started going dancing because I was like, I love dancing. And since I've done that for like the last I've been here for a year, but I started like six months ago. I've had so many people come up to me and be like, You're an incredible dancer. Like, are you a professional dancer? Which is so fucking funny because my whole life I was told that I was not a good dancer. And now you know I realize just because someone tells you something doesn't make it true. Amen. And just because you they think that you're not good. And like I just wasn't good at following directions. Because exactly. I was exactly
0: you're like, listen, honey, I'm the best of the best. And you can find me at the club right now, like getting down. And I am going to be the best. <laughs> I just wasn't good at following someone else's beat. That's right. That is right. Ricky, how can everyone find you? Like, not at the club. Like, we're not going to tell them to come. What like, if I gave them my club. address? Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> but like, how can they listen to the podcast? How can we can continue on your journey?
1: Yeah, come walk with me. I My podcast, Steps 4 with Ricky, uh, Spotify Apple you know all if you're looking to for some support, you know come to my come to my world oh, Ricky,